With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Futurecast episode 60. Noah Hills at Normal Parties on Twitter is our guest today. And we're going to keep on talking about running backs. You can catch all of Noah's work, like I said, at Normal Parties on Twitter, at normalparties.com, and on the BDGE Big Dogs Gotta Eat YouTube channel twice a week. Two weeks ago, Noah, we started this conversation on your show talking to the top end of the running backs, and we got a little bit deep. Today we're going to get super deep. The link is in the description below if you want to go watch that show over on the BDGE YouTube channel. Again, like I said, normalparties.com to find his rankings. How are you been the last few weeks? Are you tired of talking about running backs? Are you ready to move on to 2024? How you been? I, I'm doing well. I am a little tired of this running back class, honestly. Uh, like two weeks ago, I was just chomping at the bit to like hop on some shows and talk about this class. <laughs> At this point, I'm ready to move on to 2024. I'm ready to get some landing spots and talk about like draft capital and like, you know, put some value to these evals. But uh, I am looking forward to to getting a little deeper on this show than we got on that first one. Um, The the back half of this class, the meat of this class is interesting. So should should be fun. Like Noah said, we did part one. This is part two. Again, I'm going to say it in the description below. There's going to be a link to go watch part one if you want to talk about all these guys because you may be coming in here thinking, oh, let's talk about Bijan Robinson. Psych, we're not going to be doing that today at all. And that's the only time you're going to hear the word uh, that starts with a B and ends with an N on this show. Let's get to the beef and sour cream of this bad boy discussion. Let's talk about the deep, deep depth of this running back class and see if there's any value at all. But first, we got to listen to an ad from our friend, the Podfather. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can 
add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Dynasty Deluxe, baby. That's what it is. Let's start talking about these running backs, though. My first question, Noah, is not fantasy relevant. It's if you're building an NFL team, when are you drafting a running back in the NFL draft? Round one through seven, or you're just going to take some UDFAs. And who from this class are you going to be targeting? Yeah, I think if I'm if I'm an NFL GM, I'm probably not taking a running back on day one or day two, uh, unless unless something crazy happens, like you know, if an Alvin Kamara type fell to the third round again, I would take him there. Um, things like that. But generally, I, I'm looking for like. Any all-purpose backs I can find in fourth round and beyond, whether that's like, you know, taking a shot on a Keontae Ingram type guy or an Aaron Jones type guy on day three, um, I want I want to take those types of shots with guys with, with three down skill sets. Um, there aren't a lot of those types of guys in this class, really, like those, those late round um, day three type guys that look like they might have three down skill sets, like maybe maybe Tucker falls, maybe Kendra Miller, uh, you know, some of those guys like, but I'm not even positive that those guys have three down skill sets. So in this class in particular, I'd probably look for some of these like high end role players. Um, like Zach Evans, if he falls to the fifth, I'll, I'll take him and plug him mm-hmm. in as like, you know, a two down guy early on who could maybe grow into a three down role. Uh, I don't think Roshan Johnson lasts that long. I think he's, He's a guy that the NFL is going to like on day two, probably. But if he fell to the fourth or fifth round, he's a guy I'd be looking to take. And then beyond that, it's like Tyon Evans, Dwayne McBride, some of these these two down runners, Chris Rodriguez, Abana Kanda, like, you know, Tank Bigsby if he falls, uh, Tyje Spears, depending on what the medicals look like. I want guys who I'm I'm positive or confident can at least be like a third down back in in somebody like Spears. And then other guys who I'm confident can play on first and second down. And then maybe from either end grow into like a full role in the way that Aaron Jones did. Um, so, so that would be kind of, kind of my, the way I, I approached it was, was day three, try to find guys who can, you know, grow into a three down role, but contribute immediately on either first and second or third down. A guy that I'm not high on, um, but he's a pretty good athlete. Uh, some would say. Right, he's the 254th most athletic player on the player profile database. The running back position out of 700, he's 5'10", 209, 22 and a half years old. He runs a 4.47. He's get best comparable to Eno Benjamin. And on a recent show, I listened to you said, "Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm a, I'm a little hot and heavy on this guy. I got to start pumping the brakes." He's got an ADP of 200 in NFL drafts. Evan Hole, can I interest you in a little six round Evan Hole in the NFL draft? I think you can interest me in a little – like, hypothetically, I'm down with Evan Hole in the sixth round. I think in this class in particular, 
there's probably going to be somebody I prefer at that point in the draft. Like if, if Sean Tucker falls to the sixth round, I'd rather have him Ooh, than Evan Hall. Yeah. If, if, if Tyon Evans is available in the sixth round, I'd rather have him than Evan Hall. Um, maybe, maybe even Deuce Vaughn. Like at that point, it becomes interesting to me with a guy like Evan Hall, who I, I liked coming into last season uh, at Northwestern, but I think he's jumped the shark a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, he like he's an athlete and he was productive in college, a good pass catcher. I'm not sure how much legitimate running of the football he'll be able to do in the NFL. Um, he feels a little bit raw to me. So uh, yeah. I'm hypothetically open to him in the sixth, but I think in this class there will be other guys I prefer. If you are hanging out in the chat, I appreciate you. Click that like, click that subscribe button and stay tapped in. Drop a comment if you're listening. I want to hear who you guys want to see land where. I want I want preferred landing spots. Give me a comment, preferred landing, stop, landing spots. Jamie jumped on this. He says Roshan to the Browns in round three. I like that. Uh, I don't love it from a Roshan perspective, but I like it from a Cleveland Brown perspective. Let's move on, though, to the fantasy conversation. How do you attack running backs in fantasy rookie drafts? Is it automatic that you would take one if they're ranked like highest in your rankings? Or would you maybe take a wide receiver because you know the depth is there and then they're going to last longer on your team? Maybe you're not ready for a running back. But in this class, are you focusing on the running backs or fading the running backs? Yeah, it's it's a little tough to say before the NFL draft just because, you know, like a guy like Zach Charbonnet could land in a really nice spot with like second round capital and turn into like a really solid RB3 in the first half of like single QB rookie drafts. Or he could land in a spot where he's the clear backup, clear RB2 on his NFL team. And like now he's a mid to late, you know, maybe not late, but probably like a mid second. So it's a little tough to say before the NFL draft. But I think generally, uh, specifically in this class, I think the meat of this class is in that mid second round with these running backs. Uh, You get a lot of the, you know, Abanacanda and Kendra Miller and Zach at like all of those guys kind of you know, fit into that meaty second round where the first round is wide receivers who we think might be good. Uh, you know, quarterbacks who we think might be good, a tight end sprinkled in here and there. And then like Gibbs, JSN and Bijan is probably the three, uh, you know, at the top o- other than like Richardson and young and Stroud. But, you know, yeah, I think in this, in this class in particular, I'm not trying to pull up, uh, my favorite of these mid-round running backs up into the late first round. I'm I'm happy sitting in the second round, uh, or or even collecting those second round picks to to take a lot of shots on these these you know high upside running backs who none of them are sure things. I like that. Let's talk about a group of these dudes that that we're kind of talking about and, and inkling about. I prefer I refer to it as kind of like the meh area. It's kind of outside the top eight. Um, rapid fire group here, uh, Tyja Spears with the medical issues, question marks, or Sean Tucker with the medical issues, medical question marks. It came out, um, about, I think a week and a half ago now that there is a running back in this class with medical issues and instantly Twitter all went to Sean Tucker, which I think makes sense because he got the exemption from the combine. And then he does a pro day at a high school fucking field <laughs> with a four, three, that looks like a four, six. And then you have Tyja Spears, who had uh, knee surgery uh, during his time at Tulane and then went to the Senior Bowl and looked fantastic, quite frankly. Um, But maybe – I mean, we've seen guys 
get healthy, but then have bad medicals just because maybe it's a degenerative knee, things like this. Tyja Spears, Sean Tucker, I'm kind of labeling them the question mark medicals right now. Do you have a preference of these two? Do you like these two? Do you hate these two? What are your thoughts? I don't hate either of them. I think I think I would throw Kendra Miller in there as well as like one of the guys who might not have medicals that checked out just because he's hurt right now. Um, but between Spears and Tucker, I, I think Spears is just a better player. Um, I think he's nearly special out in space. Like he just has a really unique, a, a unique like brand of athleticism where it's, it's all coordination and kind of like spatial awareness. He's quick, but he's not super fast. Um, he's, he, he plays well through contact because he's able to like dip his shoulders and kind of swing his hips in these weird ways and accelerate and decelerate and throw these little dead leg moves. Like I think, I think Ty J Spears is really nice out in space. One of the best in this class, uh, maybe outside of, of Gibbs and, and Bijan. And then Tucker just feels like a guy who will always be a role player. Like Ty Johnson feels like a decent comp for me where I think, I think Spears could be like a Dion Lewis or, uh, mm. you know, a Michael Carter, maybe on, on the lower end, but Ooh, I like that. yeah, it, it, it's difficult to say like who, you know, to kind of place your bets based on the, based on the medicals, just because we don't know yet, it'll be yeah. much clearer after the NFL draft. I think that will, that will speak to which one of these guys, uh, was the one with the medical issues, but without knowing that information, I think Ty J Spears is just better than Sean Tucker. I like that Michael Carter comp. I had Naheem Hines, but Michael Carter, like after visualizing, I hadn't thought of. I haven't even placed that in the conversation. So, oh, and I love Michael Carter too. You got me on that one. Tank Bigsby. Um, is Tank Bigsby, he feels like he's in a weird spot for me. I have him six in grades. Um, we have him nine in running back rankings for rookies. And an ADP, he's currently going nine for player profiler, but I've seen him all the way down into like the early, early teens, right? Is it kind of ignorance by the fantasy community ignoring Tank? He's currently the RB7 as far as ADP goes and the consensus big boards for the NFL draft. Um, you know, do you think he's properly ranked? Do you think he's overrated, underrated? What do you think about Tank? I think it, it does seem like the NFL guys, like the guys who are most plugged in, are in on Bigsby more than the fantasy people are. Like I think Dane Brugler has him at RB6 or RB5. Um, and, and he – he just looks like a guy who will be good in the NFL. Like he's got good size. He's fast. Uh, he was productive. He catches passes. Like he, he just looks, you know, kind of, he checks the superficial boxes. And so I think the fantasy community probably is down on him a little bit, uh, but he seems to be gaining some steam. I, I have him at RB 10 right now, but I, mm -hmm. I also have him, you know, as, as part of this big group from like RB five to, damn near RB 15 where I wouldn't be surprised if it was in any order. And I've, I've had tank moving up and down my rankings all over the place. Um, as I, as I kind of think about him more, but I, you know, especially after that conversation with you a, a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm pretty in on him being, uh, a potential, you know, RB two type talent in, in fantasy. If, if he, like he, he he's one of the guys in this class who we've seen be a stud before, you know, yep. as a freshman, he probably, he, he had the best freshman season of anybody in this class, like better than, better than Gibbs, probably better than Bijan, better than Zach Evans, uh, better than Sean Tucker. He just had a, a dominant freshman season played on dog shit teams since then. 
And if that's the reason why he wasn't very good the last couple of years is he was on dog shit teams. And now presumably he's, he's getting a, a fresh start in the NFL. I could see him being a guy who turns out to be a lot better in the NFL than he looked the past couple of years in college. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in tank Bigsby and, and, and I'm open to moving him way up in the NFL draft or, or after the NFL draft, depending on what happens uh, next weekend. He seems so sticky to me, uh, icky, sticky, whatever you want to call it, because you listen to like Lance Zierlein. I think it was Zierlein that mentioned it the other day that he's talking to NFL teams and nobody brings up Tank. Nobody says Tank's name. Hmm. And he said that's either one of two things usually. It usually means nobody cares and he's not on anybody's radar or he's on everybody's radar and nobody wants to talk mm-hmm. about him, which is what it feels like it is just based on kind of where the mocks are angling and where the the media or where the you know the Twitter sphere is looking like wow he's not good whatever whatever but the consistency and kind of just what he put on the field at Auburn on a bad football team would lead me to believe that the NFL probably does like him. I comped him mm-hmm. to an Aaron Jones who went in the fifth round and the most receptions he had in a season was thirty and twenty eight at UTEP. I don't think he had like Aaron Jones has like some McCaffrey abilities. I don't think tank has anything like that. I just think Tank's yeah. a really good running back. And I think he's going to be able to, I think RB two range. I don't think he, like you saying, as far as fantasy goes, I think RB two range is, is a, is a good projection for a guy like tank as far as the high end of the outcome. So, um, I just think he's another interesting one. We talked about Kendra last week, uh, being having this range of outcomes from early second to like the fifth. And it's like mm-hmm. Tank feels like the same way. I, I just I think I have more confidence in Tank over the last couple of weeks than I do of Kendra as far as draft capital goes. Let's go to Deuce Vaughn. Give me one sentence to define Deuce Vaughn's NFL career. His NFL career. I one sentence. This is an audio medium, and I need to figure <laughs> out what I'm going to say. And I'm just gonna blurt out uh fun, but useless in the context of fantasy football. I don't, I don't think we're going to be starting this guy in anything, but like, you know, 12 team best ball leagues where you got to start like three flexes or something. Uh, He's, he's tiny. And I think we all want it to happen. Everybody loves Deuce Vaughn. I want it to happen. I want him to be Tariq Cohen. Uh, I would love for him to be Darren Sproles, but I think, you know, hoping for Tariq Cohen is probably the more reasonable approach, but even Tariq Cohen was never some sort of valuable fantasy asset who you, you had to get in your lineup. It was, you know, sometimes he's going to catch six passes in a game when the bears are down by 20 in the, in the second half. And if he, if he breaks a couple tackles on one of those, you know, you might get 10 fantasy points, but otherwise, what are we doing here? I don't know, man. Vaughn, uh, I don't have him top five. I'll tell you that. I, I'm I'm one of the guys that does not have him top five. Um, Evan Hull, though, Evan Hull, I have seen him top five in some conversations uh, mm-hmm. in in the fantasy space, uh, which I don't love. He's catching some steam on Twitter a little bit, I'd say. Um, but my question is, is he just a sixth rounder? Because if you look at the past couple of seasons, there's some of these guys have caught in a little bit of steam on Twitter. The Tyler Beatty's of the world, the Chris Evanses. Travion Williams, is he just in this group or do you think he belongs kind of in a different conversation? I think he's in that group. I think Chris Evans and and Travion Williams are actually 
decent comps. Like, I don't think they have the exact same skill sets, but those guys stick around just because they're like utility players who don't do anything, you know, that badly. They're not that good at anything. They play special teams. They can, you know, if, if, if two guys go down on a Sunday, they can, you know, be competent on all three downs for, for a quarter at a time. I think Evan hole is that type of guy a kind of a glue guy in an NFL backfield who can like plug holes when needed. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we're hoping for, you know, Tony Pollard is like the, the close physical comp. I don't think he's quite Tony Pollard. I think, I think Travion Williams and Chris Evans are our nice little comps there. How about a little like Boston Scott? Maybe we can go this sixth round hole mm-hmm. is is Ty Johnson. Like this, yeah. the last five years of six rounders has been tough, and I and I I, I do think that's a that's a good area for an Evan Hole. Um, let's talk about two of these dudes here that we've both been kind of touting over the last uh, I'd say month, and that is Aiden Borgay. You got an article up on him on NoMoreParties.com. We talked about him on the last show, just a little touch. I think we might have done that after the show, maybe. And then yeah. Tyon Evans, uh, my dog, the number one dog rating at the running back position. You only get to pick one here. You're in a rookie draft. You're in the fifth round. You're at the 5.11, and it's all garbage. But Tyon Evans is there, and Aiden Borgay is there. Who are you taking? Tyon Evans, not a question. I have Tyon Evans at RB8 right now. Woo, uh, let's go. Let's go. That, that, that might be a little spicy, but like after those first five or so guys, it's it's a pretty flat tier. And, you know, Tyon Evans, Dwayne McBride, like these guys who can just run the fuck out of the football. We, we've, we've never seen Tyon Evans do anything but run the fuck out of the football. And if that's what an NFL team is looking for on, on day three, a guy who can plug into a gap scheme and break some tackles, you know, ride the wave of these pullers on his way to, to the B and C gap and then just run over somebody. It's, it's Tyon Evans. He's, he's a beast. We've seen him do it in the SEC and the ACC. We've seen Aiden Borgay do it in the Ivy League, which – is interesting like good for him for doing it in the ivy league and i hope he can do it in the nfl but that's a way bigger projection to make than than tyon evans coming from the best conference in college football and then the acc now projected to the end and tyon evans got a uh he got a combine invite was pretty big he's like 220 225 and ran low four fives like he he's got nfl size he's got nfl speed NFL ability in the best, you know, level of competition in college football. I think Tyon Evans is pretty underrated despite, you know, being really good on a per carry basis throughout his college career. The draft capital does not look like it's going to be there, um, unfortunately, but it doesn't really matter because it didn't matter for guys um, like, James Robinson, who I comped him to. I think Borgay uh, being a guy that just does not get drafted, and then you kind of play the game where, like Julius Chestnut last year, you play that game, and it's just like, all right, he gets added to a team. It's like if he gets hit in a situation like that in Tennessee, you're going to be happy. But I'm going to steal this one from uh, Jack Spelko in the show you were on just the other day. Aiden, uh, sorry, uh, Tyon Evans never put 269 on Yale. I will say that as a comeback. That, I, that I, I love true. that. I love that. I love that. that I, had to, I had to use that back from Jackson, <laughs> from Jack. But yeah, I think the answer is pretty clearly Tyon Evans. I think Tyon, despite having a ADP of 320 right now, which is not a draft pick, I think that he is the answer. And 
Number one dog rating. I, I see the comment in here from Bradley Bryan. He hit it right in the nuts. Uh, he's a Damian Pierce of the class, in my opinion, as well. Uh, Damian Pierce is the number one dog rating at running back last year, tie on this year. So that's a one for one for me. Um, you have him at eight. I fucking love Tyon. I have him at nine. So I feel really good about this. I feel really fucking good about uh, Tyon Evans. Yeah, I don't understand why he can't be Alex Collins or, you know, somebody like that who is just a good runner, good hard runner who earns the respect of coaches. They want to play a high energy guy like that. And he comes in while, you know, the starters hurt for a stretch or in a season where they're taking a, 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 you know, a money saving approach to their running back spot. And he can run for 900, a thousand yards. If he gets, if he gets some nice volume, I think, I think Tyon Evans is, is a nice little player. So Evans to the bills in round uh, five or six. Yeah. Get that guy to the bills. Josh, say Josh Allen. What did he say this last week that he, he wants to start running a little bit less, take fewer shots. They get down to the goal line. Punch it in with Tyon Evans, man. Don't let Josh Allen take these shots at the goal line. Oh man, I am. You got when you said eight, dude. I can't even tell you. You got my whole shit like my fucking caffeine from like three hours ago hit me, and I'm like, I'm here. All right. Um, let's talk about some athletes here now. Israel Abanakanda. I asked you the question earlier about where you would draft, who you would draft in this class for the GM. Nate List says Izzy Abanakanda in round three. Izzy is a Izzy Abanakanda or Chase Brown. Is Izzy just an athlete? Maybe. Or would you take Chase Brown, who is an athlete, but he had a fucking horrid senior bowl? Yeah, I I think I'm completely out on Chase Brown. Uh, his his yep. numbers look nice to me, and I don't think he's like a a deficient player really in any area, but I don't I, I don't see what he's supposed to be good at. Like he he just seems like the jaggiest of jags to me. Um where Izzy Abanacanda might not be good, but if he's good, he has like the explosiveness to make the most of of opportunities behind a good offensive line. Uh, he's he's big enough to handle a workload. I don't know that he's going to be a, a three down contributor, but why can't he be Latavius Murray? Uh, mm-hmm. So so I I'm much more in on Abanacanda than I am on Chase Brown, even though I'm not that much of an Abanacanda guy. But I, Nate List is crazy for wanting to take Izzy Abanacanda in the third round. What? Nate, come on. Third the, round? My direct tie was to Kenny Nwangu, but T- Kenny Nwangu had 2,400 uh, return yards and only like 700 yeah. rushing yards. And he went round four, pick 119 to the Vikings. And I was like, well, I guess it makes sense that Izzy would go ahead of that spot. And given the athleticism, given that he actually ran the ball for over 2,000 yards, and he had like I think he had like maybe 400 return yards or something like that. So it's a completely different situation. But the athletes there, and we saw Ken Angle there. I don't know. There, uh, Abana Canada is one that I think a lot of people overreacted to right away. Like Matt overreacted to him right away. He's like, we should put him to RB four. I was like, no, slow the fuck down. You put him at like five, and then we had another conversation yesterday, and then we pulled him back just a hair more. Um, I, I don't think. Let's see where I have him in NFL grades. I have him right now. He's right in that same mixture. It's just a four-way fuck, five-way fuck fest, really, between Tank, Izzy, Zach Evans, Tyon Evans, and Tyja Spears. I don't know. I But I think I would take all those guys over Izzy to be – oh. I just didn't yeah, like everything I, think- I saw. I like the top-notch speed. I like the 
explosiveness that is he has, but I just thought he struggled to get there in a lot of spots. I had like a, yeah, I think same. he's just, I think what he is, I think he's just a more explosive Ronald Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad comp either. Ronald Jones is a nice one. And the high end of that is kind of Latavius Murray. And the really low end of that is, is yes. Nwongwu. And, and, and I didn't realize, but Abanakanda did return some kicks. Yeah. He, he had about 400 return yards, um, took one to the house last season as a sophomore. I could see that being a good spot for him where he, he gets a runway he can just see it and go. I don't know if he's good at reading the field as a kick returner, but that seems like a spot where he would fit. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Jeffrey's got another take. He says, uh, takes Connor's job in Arizona. Well, he would have to take Keontae Ingram's job first. Uh, I want yeah, to finish think, on Chase Brown, Ingram's. though. You said you, oh, you, think, you, you got to take on Ingram? I think Ingram's better than a Banacanda. Oh, yeah. I think as far as a running back goes, yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Not as, not as athletic, but... Uh, I mean, that's gonna to say he's just gonna come in and take a Connor job's a little little hot for me. I want to finish though on Chase Brown there from that conversation. And you said he's a Jag, he's a pretty athletic Jag. I will say that he's 23 years old. What do you think of this comp though that uh, the computer spit it out at Player Profiler, uh, Darrington Evans? Not bad, not bad. Yeah, Chase <laughs> Chase Brown's a little bit bigger, but uh, yeah, Darrington Evans. Since you, but since is, this first being a Jag though, like that is like. Oh, oh yeah. Perfect Jag. Like (laughs) if Chase Brown hits the very top of his range of outcomes, he's probably Bilal Powell. And otherwise he's like Darrington Evans. Uh, I'm not, I'm not hoping for much. All right. So there's one more running back here that I want to talk about. And it is Dwayne McBride. Nate loves him and isn't worried about the lack of receptions. I am because he's got more fumbles in his career than he has receptions. He's got 10 fumbles and like seven receptions, I want to say. Sounds like you might have a take or you might have Dwayne McBride a little higher than I do. I have him as uh, RB21, and I know that the NFL has him a little bit higher than I do, a wee bit, a bit bit, much bit, much higher than I do. Um, Where do you have Dwayne McBride? I have Dwayne McBride at RB9 right now. I, I kind of have him tied to Tyon Evans. I kind of move them up and down the ranks together because I think I think they fit a similar mold of just pure two-down backs. Uh, I think McBride is really good, but I agree with you that I'm, I'm a little worried about the fumbling thing, particularly that the NFL is going to be worried about the fumbling thing. That's probably fixable. Like guys can change up their technique and learn to, to run with more ball security. Uh, but if he can't do that, then I don't see how he gets on the field because he doesn't contribute in the passing game. But assuming he can fix this fumbling thing, he graded out super cleanly for me on film. Uh, low level of competition, obviously, but he he runs with power. Um, he's got some decent wiggle to his game. Just makes like sound decisions at the line of scrimmage. And he was so efficient at, you know, a low level of competition. But he was, you know, if a guy's playing in a low level of competition, we want him to be dominant on a per touch basis. And he absolutely was a big play guy, broke a ton of tackles, you know, has decent size has, I don't remember how athletic he is, but I, I don't remember him being unathletic. Let me look at it here. I don't think he tested. I think he just did bench. Oh, you're right. Shit. Okay. Well, we, we have no idea how fast he is, but he was effective on the ground. Um, yeah. He, he's another one of these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a sixth round, seventh round pick, but just based on his based on his college resume and what I saw from him on film, there's not a lot to nitpick other than 
he doesn't contribute on third down and he fumbles. But as a running back, as a runner of the football, I think he's pretty damn good. You have a comp for uh, Dwayne McBride? I went Jordan Wilkins. Okay. I don't hate it. Um, most it's kind of, comps, of ugly, but it's like Jordan Wilkins at one point was it's like, hey, there's an opportunity for Jordan Wilkins. He just never took it. But Yeah, yeah. And, and he's always been fine on like a per, per carry basis. He's never been like an ineffective player. He just hasn't seized an opportunity. Uh, there, There's like the Jordan Howard parallels that I like to draw, like both two down runners uh, from UAB. So there's that. I'm not sure they play similarly stylistically, but another uh, another guy from the past who was you know around the same size, uh, wasn't super athletic, but was dominant and super productive at a small school is Alfred Morris. Mm. I don't know if that's a good one, but th- this just like general archetype of like dominant small school two down backs. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, maybe I-, I think Mitchell's much more athletic, but kind of fits into the same mold as like a guy who who was just a two down runner from a smaller program who got a shot, you know, I, I would put Dwayne McBride in a similar bucket as some of those guys. Maybe, maybe Thomas Rawls. I like it. I like it. That's not bad. Um, Let's see here. Randall says, who is the Matt Asiata of this class? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Matt that's Asiata a terrible class. Who who get I think uh, Maddie says right here Tavian that's the best one right there the Utah guy stay in Utah Asiata went to Utah yeah. Tavian Thomas went to Utah there is your answer Noah right now is there anybody else in this tier that we're kind of discussing right now that I'm missing anybody in this tier I think Chris Rodriguez is a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot who I think is kind of interesting do you have do you have any do you have any Chris Rodriguez takes um. He was at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. I compare him to Daryl Williams, the mentor. Daryl Williams. Okay. Five, uh, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Rodriguez. Like I, I like what I saw at Kentucky, but when you see him next to guys like Roshan, Taija, Cameron Peoples, he didn't look like he belonged there, which is really weird for me because I expected him to be like, okay, he should definitely be in the conversation to be the best running back here. And the whole mm-hmm. entire time, again, again, could have just been a bad week. Chase Brown had a terrible week, but Rodriguez just looked like he was trying at 175% every single time he touched the ball and failing a lot sometimes. And it was tough. He just looked like he was, I can't remember how Alex Dunlap phrased it, but he was like, he just looks like he's wound so tight that he's trying so hard that he's just going to get hurt soon. Like it, I, I'm not big on him at all. I think he's a big bruising pinball Um I don't think he's on Brian Robinson's level, and I was not a Brian Robinson fan. Um, I have him right now running back. Um, you ready? Gulp. Twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you going to say? Twenty nine. Holy shit! <laughs> I don't I got even have twenty nine running backs ranked right now. <laughs> I got I got some donkeys in front of him, so that's like. The the thing with me though is I I, I kind of just like wrote him off. It's kind of the situation. Like I put him behind mm-hmm. like EJ Burgess from Franklin Pierce, who didn't even test that well. He had like a, uh, I think it was like a low four six. But that's like I just put him out. He's out to pasture. He's done. Kenny McIntosh, same thing. He's down there RB twenty seven. Out to pasture. Good for you. Fuck off. I don't want any part of that shit. Like it's literally this is this is where this area is twenty twenty. I'm gonna go through twenty six through thirty, and I'll tell you the exact area where I have Rodriguez. It's Lou Nichols. It's Kenny McIntosh, it's EJ Burgess, Chris Rodriguez, and Imari DiMarcado from TCU. It's just like a fuck it. 
area. Damn. That's uh, so Damn. you sound okay. like you're a wee bit higher. I, I currently have Rodriguez <laughs> at RB at RB fifteen, uh, which I think is on at the back end of the tier of guys that I think are yeah. are baseline interesting in this class. And I haven't watched film on him, but his he's just big. He ran a decent 40, and he was super efficient. Well, okay, not super efficient. Like, the Kentucky offense wasn't very good. His numbers don't look great from, like, a raw perspective. But, like, the, the team relative stuff, like, g- given that the offense was bad, he was doing about as much as he could in that offense and was just churning out positive yards on such a consistent basis. Like, he's 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 a chain mover, and I don't know if yeah. that means anything, but I think – he at least has a part of his profile that looks impressive. And I, I can't say that for, you know, generic Prince or, you know, Cameron Peoples, somebody like that. So, so Chris Rodriguez is, is at the very least, or, or maybe at the most, he's interesting and we'll see what happens in the draft. But So ranking him, draft capital I think is going to be big for a lot of these later running backs, but if you, you rank him, it sounds like right up behind deep, uh, Dwayne McBride. Uh, Yeah, he's six spots behind Dwayne McBride. Okay, you said you have, so you have McBride, McBride at nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see him. This is my take on him. I, I have him as a two-down grinder. I think the passing game is optional. I don't think he's a good – I don't think he's a good pass catcher, but he had 33 touchdowns. Um, the one note that I did have from watching film was I said that he was born 10 years too late. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So I, I think that it, it's unfortunate for him, but like, and, and I guess maybe having him at 29 is like probably disrespectful and even bad to talk about just say 29, but, but like, that's just kind of what I end up having these guys. They end up in this tier of just like, if I don't love it and I don't project it, I don't see any projection at all for him in the future. Then I just like they get tanked pretty aggressively and that's kind of where he gets put down there. But 15 makes me uh, makes me need to go back. I think I think I need to go back and, and just watch him quick before the draft next next Thursday, and then uh, draft capital. I think that'll be a big deterrent. I mean, Daryl Williams for me that's my comp for him. Like Daryl Williams has kind of crafted a little tiny of a career for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like ten ten years ago, Chris Rodriguez could have been Jeremy Hill, and nobody mm. likes Jeremy Hill. Nobody thinks Jeremy Hill is good, but he was a guy who got carries in the NFL. And I think Jeremy Hill would probably still get carries in the NFL today. He wouldn't be anybody's RB one, but Rodriguez could, you know, screw around and end up in a, in a thumper role in some kind of weak backfield. All right. We're talking about the, uh, for me, the bottom end Um, for you, you're at 15. Where did Isaiah (laughs) Spiller end up for you last year? Where did he end up? Uh, pre-draft, I think I had him at like 17. Yeah. Uh, okay. And post, okay. I, I had to move him up post-draft to like RB 11 just because of the fourth got, round draft capital. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he was like outside my top 15, I think last year. Who is this year's Isaiah Spiller? And why is it both Kenny McIntosh and Eric Gray? I... No, am I all? Am I wrong? Maybe, maybe. I don't really like either of those guys. Eric Gray is fine. Uh, I think he's he's just a dancer. He just yeah. throws these dead legs over and over and over. And sometimes it works. Often it doesn't. I'm not super impressed uh, with him. But but I don't think there's a guy who like 
is high enough is is highly enough regarded where it's it's just people are making a big mistake at the top of this class. I don't think that's happening this year. Like like Eric Gray, I guess he's in some you know in the top half of some people's rankings, but I think most people are kind of out on him. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, I don't think most people are in on him. I don't think there's any egregious mistakes being made in this running back class like there there was being made with Spiller last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like I don't expect Kenny McIntosh to be good at running the football in the NFL or even to really get much opportunities to run the football in the NFL. Same thing probably with Eric Gray. I think he's got a little bit better shot, but I'm not counting on it. But but really, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of variation in people's rankings this year. If you've got Izzy Abanacanda at your RB4, uh, you're probably doing something wrong, but yet th- there's really not one guy in this class who's like everyone is definitely definitely wrong on him. I, I think we've just uh, that that guy doesn't exist in this class, and I think most people are being a little bit more reasonable this year than they were last year with Spiller. I think that 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 you know Spiller was twenty. Spiller wasn't even twenty-one years old yet. I remember last year in the draft, Gray's twenty-three. McIntosh ran like a fucking donkey at his pro day, and both guys are good at receiving the ball. Um, but I again, I started out with Gray. This was the start of everything. When I got done with just film, I had Gray as a top five back, and mm. then I went to the Senior Bowl, and it was like, <laughs> and then it, and then after the combine. And he just keeps falling. So I have him at 17 and we're not even to the draft yet. And it's like, uh, I I really did. I had some hopes for Eric Gray, but again, the age 23 and a half, he was a Debbie guy, all this bullshit. It was like, I was like hoping and wish casting for a Devontae Freeman type situation. And I just like, I I lost all hope and, 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 and dreams for that. But we're cresting the 40 minute mark here. Let's finish here. Give me one dude that you will be picking up for free after rookie drafts, because you know, there's always a chance that might end up being Tyon Evans. If, if he's, if he doesn't go drafted in the NFL draft, you might be able to get Tyon Evans late. But other than that, it's probably Aiden Bourget, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Jalen Warren of this class who I'm, I'm taking shots on after rookie drafts, late in rookie drafts, uh, either him or Tyon Evans and, and Evan Hull, even like I'm not super in on Evan Hull anymore. Um, I think he's jumped the shark a little bit, but I think you could get him late in the NFL dra- or after your rookie drafts. Other than that, there's, you know, I, I don't think there's a ton of interesting guys. I uh, actually put together a little list of, of late round guys here. Let me see if I have one that's interesting at all. Uh, what do you know about Percy, a GA you, you know anything about him? Is he any good? His rushing numbers name. look nice. It's a fake. He went to James Madison. He's got one year of F- FBS football. He, so. went to, he went to James. I've, okay, dead honest with you, haven't heard of him before. He went to James Madison. James Madison is 58 minutes up the road from me. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that, so, damn. Now I feel like a fucking cuck because that's, he's literally right <laughs> down the street from me. And I haven't even fucking I, – I actually applied to go to their pro day. And then I, and then, uh, I think I might have got accepted, but I think it was the same day as Virginia, so I didn't go. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't even Damn. know what this guy ran, but his, his rushing efficiency numbers, at least from last season look nice. He's got like a 1200 yard season uh, on his resume, but he is a six year guy. Mm. How big is he? I want to say like two fifteen. I got to spell his name right in order to even find, find him on Google. 
Maddie Kiwum says, is Borgay even on sleeper yet? I don't think he is. Same with Tyson yeah, Bajan. So those are like those are my two guys. Every time it's gonna be Borgay and Bajan because I don't think they're gonna get added to sleeper until fucking like July. Um how about this guy, Christopher Brooks? I, I, I've seen a little bit. I think his athleticism came in solid. He's I haven't watched his film yet though. Yeah, uh, I know Matt Waldman likes Christopher Brooks quite a bit. Uh, and he he was good last year at BYU. He's potentially interesting. I haven't looked a ton into these these super late-round guys. I'm doing that kind of today. Uh, but I know Travis Dye did not test well. He's tiny, but he, he, mm-hmm. was, a, he was a good runner throughout college. Ellis Merriweather out of UMass uh, was, was a decent runner in college. There's just not a lot of, of really interesting late-round guys this year. There's a lot of guys who, you know, in the third, fourth, fifth round of rookie drafts are interesting, but I haven't really identified much beyond that outside of – you know, you brought Borgay to my attention. Who, who's this other guy uh, th- that you keep bringing up? Running back? Yeah. Uh, oh, EJ Burgess. Yeah, EJ Burgess. Who is, who is this guy? From Franklin Pierce. EJ Burgess from Franklin. He went down and tested at the Houston Pro Day, but I haven't seen any results from it. I comped him to Malcolm Brown. He's six foot two twenty two. Um, I think he's an intelligent back. He's He's from a military family. His ability to stay on the field in passing situations. Obviously, he went to Franklin Pierce. It's not the biggest school. I think they've only been around for four years. Good shake. He focuses on north-south running, which I think is where he'll succeed in the NFL. He graduated in the summer of 2022, and he's been working on his master's since then. And all he does is watch Ricky Williams tape. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this guy ran for 1,200 yards and caught 26 passes for another 400 yards in 2021. at Pretty good efficiency at fucking receiving. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's 15 yards of reception. That's not bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look into this guy, EJ Burgess. Yeah, he's interesting. The the testing they didn't. So Franklin Pierce didn't host a pro day because they're too fucking small, and he couldn't get into anywhere else up there. So then he he made a tweet on Twitter and uh, tried to get out to go to. The, I think he went to the Houston pro day, but I don't think the numbers. The only the numbers we have in player profiler are what I could find online. Um, but mm-hmm. we're, we we get all of our data from Draft Scout. Uh, NFL draft scout, and I don't see they still don't have any numbers in. Yeah, everything I got was off of the internet. So his, he okay, also goes I, by, um, it's not just EJ, he has a, a full fucking a real name. Um, God damn see. it, this is not good radio at all. Um, Evan, Evan Burgess, also he goes by Evan, Evan Burgess. Burgess okay, on this, Evan Burgess uh, or EJ the, Burgess. There's, there's that guy, Alex Katzen, who puts together that big spreadsheet of uh, you know, yeah, did he get some times. Yeah, he's got him at uh, 5'10", 215. It's a good size, uh, but 4'7", okay. 8 in the 40. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's demoralizing. Ugh. All right. Well, I guess one. we're not. Uh, what did Callum LeBourne run? Uh, I have his 4'5", 2 at 204 pounds. What? 204? Yeah. We don't get the speed for burgers. And we don't get the fucking weight for... Oh, my God, man. All right. Well, yeah, five, eight, that's two, all we four. got. There's there's no uh, there's nobody that's uh, going to crest Aiden Borgay in this uh, <laughs> undrafted uh, GOAT conversation. Thank you, Noah. I really appreciate you taking the time. Again, obviously, we're like fucking six days out from... Well, we're seven days out from getting some good running back draft capital. We're eight days out from getting some Ty on Evans draft capital, I'm afraid. 
You can find part one of our running back discussion on the BDGE Big Dogs Gotta Eat YouTube channel. You can find a lot of Noah stuff over there as well. Noah, I'm going to let you tell me and let the people know what you got cooking over the next few weeks or maybe months on nomoreparties.com. What do I have cooking? I've got uh, an article coming out this Sunday over at nomoreparties.com where I'm going to cover a lot of these like late round guys. I'm going through all the dudes that I haven't covered yet, kind of uh, an overview of the late round guys in this class um, at running back. <laughs> Finishing up my Roshan Johnson film study, going to put out an article on him on probably Tuesday. And then after that, it's the NFL draft. Uh, and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to start focusing on, on dynasty and Debbie stuff. So I'm going to dive into this 2024 class, um, look at some, some post-draft outcomes for these rookies. Um, so going to be pivoting from rookie analysis to dynasty and Debbie stuff here pretty soon. So, uh, three articles a week over at nomoreparties.com. Come check it out. That's all I got. Nomoreparties.com. Nomoreparties.com. Go check it out. And, uh, Shout out to Nate. He broke my brain like eight seconds ago. I was trying to listen to Noah, and he said, uh, you've reached the end of your Google Sheets yet. That's how that works, uh, Nate. We're in the streets trying to find some deep, deep donkeys, and uh, we ran out. We ran out. So click that like. Click that subscribe button. Stay tapped the fuck in here on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. The NFL Draft Extravaganza is next week, six days from now, rounds one through seven, all three days, all 260 picks with instant fantasy analysis. I'll be back on Monday with our man Alex Dunlap to talk about wide receivers. I'll see you guys on the other side.